This is Jeff Steitzer, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Double kill, triple kill, overkill, killing spree, killing frenzy, Kilimanjaro, kill tacular, kill apocalypse, slayer, mmm, brains. <laughs> Welcome one, welcome all to episode 131 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, May 14th, 2022. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, we welcome legendary Halo voice actor Jeff Steitzer to the show to discuss his role as the Voice of God multiplayer with iconic lines like Slayer. Prior to that, we're discussing the frustrating news that Redfall and Starfield have both been delayed into 2023, begging the question, does Xbox have games in 2022? Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I want to do each and every week, I like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made my gaming week better. And this week, the words of kindness are extended to fellow Xbox content creator Miles Dompierre over at Windows Central for his incredible work on Xbox Chatter Days and in the social media space. The reason I'm so fond of Miles' work is that consistently throughout, through good news and bad across the entire gaming ecosystem, Miles, uh, he keeps a positive outlook. There's never an attack towards any particular fan base. He doesn't get baited into many of the different YouTuber tricks and traps that come with trying to gain views or clout. And he simply is honest with his viewers, his listeners, and discusses things without the oftentimes very negative rhetoric that can come with an industry like this. It brightens my day each and every week, each and every time I see it, uh, and he's getting his Evil Dead game launching, something he has long since been looking forward to. So cheers to Miles. Go check out his content. Uh, I'm sure by now most of you already have, but if you haven't, please know that he is just uh, one of the people in the gaming industry that I greatly look up to. Now, on to this week's news. Guys, there is no bigger news. In fact, there is no news that we'll be discussing outside of the Redfall and Starfield delay. These are the two big pillar titles that Xbox was going to be relying on for 2022. And Bethesda came out not more than a week or so after they'd announced that they would be having a showcase in June combined with Xbox. They've announced that they have chosen to delay those two games into the first half of 2023. And I would argue this is absolutely devastating news to the Xbox and Microsoft community. It is interesting to watch the fallout of this uh, because it simply doesn't look good. And I would argue, and I've said this on several shows, if you've heard some overlap, I apologize. But to me, to see that Xbox is going to have no pillar tentpole titles that we know of at this time uh, is borderline unacceptable. It's interesting all the more in that Sony is struggling to create consoles right now. Whereas Xbox is struggling to get games out the door. And the narrative of PlayStation has no consoles, Xbox has no games, is one that is likely going to be spun and heard uh, for the next several months. And in my mind, justifiably so, provided it's not done with negative vitriol and more an analytical spin to it. 
uh, it's very frustrating to go off of the incredible news that we had in the last two weeks or so, where we found out we'd be getting an Xbox Bethesda showcase. We found out that Xbox was the market leader for the first time since the Xbox 360 generation, that everything was trending better than the Xbox 360. And it seemed that Microsoft had genuinely cast off the demons that had haunted the Xbox One generation. And then to find out, then to find out, pardon me, that there were there were going to be no titles that we know of again at this time released in 2022 under a first party banner is genuinely devastating on, on several levels. And I don't mean that hyperbolically. It is shocking to me that we would not have a tentpole title with a release date here in 2022, particularly given the confidence at which Todd Howard and Bethesda displayed in the November 11th, 2022 release date. They've argued that the, the the new release date is going to be in the first half of 2023. Simply put, I don't see that happening. I can't imagine a world in which that actually happens. Uh, for my money, they go to November 11th, 2023. That's where I'm expecting to see them. Uh, for sure. For absolute sure. I, I just don't see them in the first half. Redfall is a bit different in that it looked like it was theoretically going to be a smaller project uh, than Starfield in terms of scope. It's made by Arcane, the makers of Prey, the makers of Dishonored. Uh, and and I felt like it had a different hit to it. At least that's what it felt like to me from the outside looking in. To find out that that is also going to be delayed into 2023 uh, brings out a lot of frustration in my mind. To have Game Pass be hitting on all cylinders, to finding out to find out that the, the console shortage and the chip shortage that is affecting consoles for Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo was going better than expected for Xbox was such good news. And you would want them to have a flagship title to kind of market and trope out in this holiday. And it doesn't look like they're going to be getting that. And a lot of you wrote in with questions on that. And so I'll try to be kind of covering that as an overarching theme throughout here. Uh, but it's it's odd. There, there's a couple ways to break this down as well. Uh, on the one hand, you've got titles that are going to be ongoing. Sea of Thieves has never been better in both in terms of content and in terms of revenue generated. They are firing on all cylinders. Last year, they had the Disney expansion. You can expect something uh, close to that level. From what I've heard, it's not quite on the level of the, the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff, but it's up there in terms of what they're going to be getting uh, in terms of content to that game. The seas have never been more packed. You're seeing a lot of engagement on Steam, on PC, on Xbox Game Pass. It's just genuinely incredible for Sea of Thieves. That Expect something in the showcase to highlight that, and, and they'll be using that as a marketing thing uh, for the remainder of the year. You've also got Forza Horizon 5, which is long overdue for some news in terms of an expansion. You would have expected one to launch by now prior, prior to the pandemic, prior, that, prior to that having been a factor, I mean. But it looks like we're not going to be hearing about that until this particular showcase. And it better be big. And if it's a sky in the pie, pie in the sky thing, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, pie in the sky, then for me, I want to be driving through tracks that showcase Microsoft's huge staple of franchises. I want to be back in that Warthog racing against ghosts and seeing... Uh, the pelicans and banshees fly overhead and i want to hear cortana i want several tracks of that i want to be in an armadillo tracing a brumac through gears of war themed levels i want to ride on tracks that are taking me through uh, a, a battle between ships on the sea of thieves and, uh, and i want to go through a fallout wasteland and see doomslayer taking on minions while i drive through and mow down demons 
that's the type of expansion I want to come to Forza Horizon. I want it balls to the walls, absolutely crazy, something that celebrates the legacy that Microsoft now has under its umbrella and that it's built over the years to kind of capitalize on this goodwill that Microsoft has generated and has seemingly lost thanks to Redfield, Redfall and Starfield's delay. Uh, beyond Forza Horizon and uh, Sea of Thieves, you can expect some Halo content to show up. Uh, I'm liking the information that we're getting on Halo Season 2 and the way they're doing these drop pods every month. Um, I'm liking that. By no means is it done. Is it a fixed product? We know that. But by now, at this point, I think everyone that's angry at Halo Infinite, settle down. It's time. You know what it is. You know what it's not. Uh, you know that you're getting top-tier gameplay. You know you're getting improved and consistently bettered cosmetics. You also know that the team is listening as they rolled back this past week several of the adjustments they had made for Season 2. Uh, people were unhappy about in terms of movement and locomotion. They've changed that. They've also fixed the tank gun thing where they had taken out the ability to use uh, a glitched or an Easter egg version of a tank gun through the whole campaign. They took that out. Speedrunners were unhappy. People were upset. I'm like, whatever, if it's more fun. And they put it back in. Like, that's cool. So my expectation is that you get some news on Halo Infinite in terms of content as well at this particular showcase uh, because you need it. You need these three titles to be giving you uh, something to talk about, right? I, I've told you before on this show that I'd heard they were hoping the Battle Royale be ready for this summer. I don't know. It sounds like it's going to be, you know, kind of the end of Season 2, start of Season 3. And honestly, if I were them at this point, I would ride that. I would let Battle Royale be the November thing and let Halo Battle Royale dominate the, the new space and let it be as good as possible come November, come holiday, because they need a holiday title. So why not give time for that game to to do what it needs to do um i'm by the way i'm speaking about the battle royale as if it's a fact while it has yet to be confirmed but everything that i've heard and and everything that i've heard people much higher up in the leak chain right like the people that would know better like grub and such um they all are, are taking it as fact at this point so like it needs to happen i'm really enjoying last part and standing lots of dubs on that one you got to learn how to play it my buddy kevin's real bad at it my buddy uh, charles doesn't understand it yet that's right calling you both out uh, get good, gentlemen. Uh, but it's a really good mode, and I think there's more to come on that one as they continue to improve it. Um, also, it sounds like we're going to be getting some another big team map, which is kind of cool. But you got Halo, you got Forza Horizon, you got Sea of Thieves. That's all I've really got. Microsoft Flight Simulator is going to get the Top Gun expansion. And then what do you do, right? What do you do if you're Microsoft? I, maybe you get the the long-rumored remaster of Gears 2. Maybe that's the thing that they use as their big push. Maybe it's an old remaster of, or compilation or collection of some games because you need a revenue builder or something to promote on Game Pass. A lot of people have asked me if I think that Gotham Knights is going to come to Game Pass this holiday because they need a big third-party franchise game to fill the void that Starfield and Redfall have left. And I appreciate that question. You know what I mean? It makes sense. Why wouldn't you ask it? A lot of people are wondering... Is Xbox Game Pass worth it? And absolutely it is to me. I got without a doubt Game Pass is worth it. I play a lot of games. I love a lot of games from, from indie to double A AA to triple A. Yes, so worth it to me. I'm 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 all in on Game Pass. Uh, but you're gonna have to rely heavier on indies, right? You're gonna have to do that. You're gonna have to hope that you get more tunics. You're gonna have to hope you get the death doors out the gate. Uh, why wouldn't you? You know, like that's that's what you got, you know. Uh, will Gotham Knights come to Game Pass? I could see it. I could see it. They did have a good Warner Brothers partnership with Back for Blood. They certainly have an improved relationship uh, on that front. And WB already has a connection on the PlayStation side with Hogwarts, Legacy of Hogwarts. So, 
you know, maybe you do partner with Xbox there and, and build your relationships, but uh, I don't know that's still going to move the needle for Game Pass. I don't think it would. Really and truly, I don't think it would. It would be good for Gotham Knights, but I don't know that it would move the needle. Uh, man, it's just an odd conundrum to be in for sure. Um, but it does feel a bit unacceptable. I would also argue, I would also argue, guys, that if this was to happen, there's no better time for this to happen for Xbox. They're leading in console sales. They've got this chip shortage thing managed. Uh, they're doing it better than Sony is on that front, so that's good on their business side. Uh, and it doesn't look like there's a lot of other AAA titles coming out this year. Very little confidence that God of War Ragnarok hits this holiday, which is a total bummer because I would have loved to play that over the holiday break. Um, Forza Motorsport 8, maybe. Uh, looks like you're going to get Modern Warfare 2, a sequel to, I believe it was 2018's Modern Warfare. And then what else? Like, what have I not mentioned that's coming out this year in the AAA space? Pretty empty, right? You got your sports games, sure. I don't think anyone's moving the needle for that, right? I, I, that doesn't, to me, spark any interest in the, in the podcast space. Uh, they need something. They need some sort of news, whether it's, you know, you can play your old 360 and Xbox One discs, all of them, no matter what it is on back and pads, or uh, we're, we're adjusting the way you access this, that, or the other. It's They need a big news hit for this holiday, for sure. But uh, it's frustrating, right? It's very frustrating. Don't be confident or so confident in your release dates uh, if, you can't, if you can't make them. I understand that you need to have, you generate goodwill, generate interest, bring talent in, make investors happy. But at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of frustrating. And Todd Oxter wrote in a great question asking, is it time to change the release date marketing formula? Uh, a game meeting its release date is an exception these days, and it creates an unnecessary bit of noise and doubt. I think Nintendo nailed the cycle with Metroid Dread announcing in June and launching in October. To me, Todd is absolutely on the money. That is a great way to do it. Hey, we know we're hitting this date. We're in the polish phase. We're announcing it here. It's launching here. And it's that quick. That quick of a turnaround to me is a smart move. You get the buzz. You get, oh my gosh, shock value. It's coming out. Uh, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the run. Maybe that is what needs to happen. However, in Microsoft's case, Todd and anybody else that's kind of wondering, Microsoft might have been in a rock and a hard place in that they needed to show people they are invested in Game Pass in the future because I think confidence might have been shaken after the Xbox One's uh, pretty dry spell of everything, right? I mean, not a lot came out in the Xbox One era. Even though they were my kind of games, we'd be foolish to say that they hit. So... I think that's why they've had to do what they did with, with Avowed, with Indiana Jones and Fable and et cetera, et cetera. And that's why they do it. But yeah, I really hope that going forward, it is a quick turnaround cycle. Let their teams build. Uh, and they might need to plug the leaks that Grubb and Cort uh, Corden are, are finding. Um, yeah, that, that might be the, the way to do it so that people don't get false hope, false uh, excitement. Sony seems to have locked the lid tight on a lot of their projects and, I think they're better for it, uh, even though that is really hard in the, the podcasting space. And it's really good for me in the Xbox creation space because I have stuff to talk about more often. Um, but yeah, I do think we need to change the way that things are are presented to, to the masses for sure. Uh, let's see here. Court Lalonde wants to know about this Xbox Bethesda showcase. He wants to know, what's the one more thing uh, at the Xbox event? Oof, oof. I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. I, I know I responded to you on Twitter that I have no idea. Maybe it's a remaster of, of Gears. Maybe it's that Modern Warfare 2 is coming to Game Pass. Maybe it's that Activision titles are coming to Game Pass. I know those are things that are going to happen. It's a matter of when and how and the legalities that come from the acquisition that's in place. 
Um, if they could get Modern Warfare 2 into Game Pass, that's the kicker. That's the win right there. That's the dub. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We had a good top- talk about this over on Cast Co-op where uh, Ainsley Bowden and Joseph Moran and I kind of kind of debated this one. Fun fact, if you go watch that episode, I'm literally falling asleep, um, which sucks. It was my third podcast of the day. I hate that I was falling asleep on him, but also screw him. Like, Joe smells, right? Like, he is he's a stinky boy. Um, and I don't like him. I don't like him, and I just feel like everyone should hear and know that. The the last thing I want to talk about on this Bethesda front is priority zero is something that we've heard from the Halo side. 343, Joseph Staten have said consistently that priority zero is not to burn out the team. And I go back to the idea that if Bethesda and all the other studios under Xbox Game Studios Canopy have adopted something similar, then that is going to be frustrating for gamers in the short term because they're not burning out their teams to put games and content out but it might be the win for the long term for the generation and that they are inviting talent hey come here make the games you want to make we're not going to pressure you we've got the wallet we've got the subscriptions we've got the engagement come make your games here because we're not going to crunch you we're not going to destroy your love and your passion for the industry that might be the play that might be the play uh lord knows when it comes to halo infinite i i want them to crunch a little at this point we need content but i'm happy with a lot of what i'm getting um the seasons are too long, but maybe that's just a year one thing, right? You see if these year one, you know, No Man's Sky year one, Destiny, Fortnite year ones. Maybe that's maybe that's the case. But if Priority Zero has a, become a company-wide thing, it's inviting to talent, and that might build for the future. We'll see. But uh, shame on Xbox for doing the Xbox Bethesda showcase announcement, showing the pictures, getting people up, and then knocking it down right, right away. I don't like the way that happened. That still might have been the best PR move, but it hurt, and I don't. I don't know that I liked it. What are you going to do? It's bad news. One, whatever way you slice it, it was going to be frustrating for sure. I know. Um, I know Xbox Fan Fest invites are going out. By the way, uh, a select few are getting to go to to LA. Uh, cheers to anyone that's getting to go LA. That looks awesome, and I'm excited and jealous, and and uh, I can't wait to see all your pictures. I hope it's amazing. Um, without a doubt, that's one of my long term goals of XCP is to make it back to an event like that, to be invited to that kind of event like that. I put in my, my lottery name for it, but it doesn't look like it came up. But that's a long-term goal for XCP. So I would lo- I'm, I'm happy for everybody that's going to LA. Cheers to all of you. Um, I hope you guys have a friggin' blast. We've got one more question, and then I'm going to leak a little bit of, of fun stuff for XCP. Uh, this last question comes from Hopple Games with a name Aotaros. I'm so sorry, I don't know your name. But Hopple Game asks, uh, back to good old board games, what are my favorite ones? I love this, man. I'm an avid player of chess. I love chess as a board game. Checkers in a pinch. Uh, big fan of Connect Four. I play that with my students as often as I'm able. There's also a really fun board game called Blockus, which is really fun. I like that a lot. Um, I love board games, and my wife does too, but how do I put this? I win a lot of them. <laughs> And so we don't play very often. She would not be happy with me sharing that. But my mother always beats my father. And I think I inherited her skill for a lot of board games. So sorry. Sorry to my wife on that one. But she, she doesn't listen to the show. We're good. All right, guys. Last thing before I kick you over to a, a fantastic interview with Jeff Seitzer, the voice of God Halo announcer, which was honestly, I was tickled to death. I know you got to hear him a little bit on last week's episode in the intro. You hear it a little bit in this week's intro. But uh, it was just such a pleasure to talk to him. I've also booked an interview, already recorded, by the way, uh, with John McLaren, the voice of Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy. Really had a good time with that. And it sounds like John's going to come back on the show again. His interview will drop 
not this episode that you're listening to, not this episode after, because I have another cool one, but the week after that, it looks like. Um, looking looking forward to those things there. The, the the mystery guest for next week is pretty cool. Real cool. Really excited about it. I record it the day after this episode goes live, so it's a little behind the magic. So I don't want to say it, because I don't want it to like go away, but it's, guys, oh, guys, I'm real excited. Um, so that's three interviews in the bag, and then I'm working on some stuff for Red Out 2. I know we had the, the Red Out developers on uh, maybe six to eight months ago uh, at this point, but they're making Red Out 2 that comes out at the end of May. And for any old school PlayStation fans that played Wipeout, that's your game right there. Uh, really looking forward to Red Out 2. Um, and after that, um, tell me what you want. Tell me what you're interested in. Give me give me some names, some some studios, some games that you would like spotlighted. If I can do it audio, it's going to show up on XEP. If it's got to be print, it's going to be over on Season Gaming. I've got one in queue over there. Uh, and that's it. That's going to be kind of it on my content creation front. I'm arriving at summer, which means I'll have more time to appear on shows. And uh, you're going to see me on a few more shows uh, in a few weeks, which I'm stoked for. But yeah, guys, I appreciate you listening. I'm always appreciative. Uh, I really hope you enjoy this next interview with Jeff Steitzer. Please take a moment to click like over on YouTube, leave a comment, drop your gamer tag, uh, make a make a rating over on iTunes. I'm going to give away $100 when I hit 100 reviews uh, on the American side or 125 total with the Canadian side. UK listeners, I have no way to check your stuff, but I appreciate all of you and love you dearly. Um, and anyone else around the globe, you guys are amazing. You guys have kept me going during a very, very difficult school year a really difficult school year and you guys have genuinely been what kept me going. So thank you all. All right. Enjoy the interview with Jeff Steitzer. This is some cool nuggets of info. Take care guys. All right, guys, we welcome now to the show, legendary halo voice actor, the halo voice of God, Jeff Steitzer, Jeff, welcome. Thank you, Luke. It's uh, great to be here. I'm ecstatic to have you here to talk about your career as the voice announcer from a number of Halo games, certainly a, a voice that uh, I recognize with gusto. Uh, I always get tickled to death when I hear your voice, uh, when you're either, whether when you're doing cameos, when uh, I hear it in-game. It is exciting. Uh I have to know, before we go too far back in your career, is it surreal to see people like myself, hear people like myself, get so excited to talk to you? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, you've got to understand, I've lived with myself now for a little over 70 years, and I'm just not that impressed. Um, and <laughs> the the interesting thing is, is that for many, many years, really until I started doing the cameo recordings, um, I didn't have that much connection with fans. Every once in a while, somebody would find out uh, that I did the Voice of God multiplayer announcer, and they would kind of freak out, and I'd always, always be taken aback, like, well, uh, oh, 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 okay, great. Um, but it was never anything. I just, I had no idea, uh, really, the impact that evidently the work that I've done has on people. Um, it is incredibly gratifying to find out that, uh, as well as more than a little bit humbling to um, have people say, you were the voice of my childhood. You know, that's that's heady stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it kind of blow, blows me away, quite frankly. 
Well, where was it that that you would you know find that one off person pre cameo, of course, uh, that would discover it? Like, in what settings would that take place in? Well, for instance, I was doing Inherit the Wind on Broadway with Brian Dennehy and Christopher Plummer. I was playing the mayor and the fellow who, well, there were two kids. Uh, one was a young actor in his 20s, I believe, who was playing Bertram Cates, the person who's on trial. And then there was another youngster who was playing uh, a young man named Howard, who's put on the stand. And both of them, I don't know how it came up, but... Or oh, maybe I it might have been in my my uh, bio. Um, I started putting it in my bio because it was probably the most impressive thing I'd done. And they both came to me when the programs came out and the cast hall saw them and said, "What? What? Are, who? What are you? Who are you?" And I said, well, "I'm the guy that does the voice of God in Halo. You know, double kill." And they both like screamed and flipped out, and it was like, "Whoa, okay." Um, they were both. Fans, even though like 10 years separated them, at least, maybe 15. It was crazy. Um, another time, it was in my bio, and I was doing a production of Shakespeare, and there was a talk back afterwards, and people were asking many of the questions that we often get. But then one young woman raised her hand, a high school student, and said, um, what exactly is it you do in Halo? And I did a little bit of the voice. And the whole audience sort of like roared, screamed. It was just like, whoa. And on my way out the door afterwards, I walked out to the front of the theater and the whole class was there and they wanted to get a selfie taken with me. And again, it's like, okay, great. <laughs> but I was just, I was, I was kind of staggered. It still surprises me. And, you know, people still, sometimes they'll just hear my voice and go, I'm sorry, are, do you, I, I think I know your voice. And I will mm -hmm. say, well, do you play games? And they go, yeah. And I said, do you play Halo? And they go, oh my God, oh my God. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm the guy multiplayer announcer. And, you know, so yeah, that's what happens. It's crazy. It's it's wild because even as you're telling this story, I hear little little inflections and elements here where I'm just like, that's that's the voice. And I knew that going into the conversation. Yeah. 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 It's 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 kind of interesting. You know, I've tried honestly, Luke, since I started doing these, I remember I reached out at one point. I keep trying to get a hold of Jay Windland, who was the sound designer engineer on many of my recording sessions. And I think he was there in the very beginning. I'm almost positive he was, because I was trying to remember where did the voice come from? I honestly can't remember how I arrived at it. You know, I can't remember if somebody said, can you do it, you mm -hmm. know, a, a, a certain way, or I kind of think I, when I did my audition, I did a lot of different things, none of them the announcer, but I did do a bunch of things. And one of them was an alien and kind mm -hmm. of a horrible alien. And I was sort of doing a thing down there like that. And, you know, being, I, you know, I didn't know what it was doing. Nobody knew what Halo was. I'm not even mm -hmm. sure what it would have been for. And I think maybe I thought, well, I'll just take that sort of, you know, deep in your throat sound and see if I can't, you know, do something with it. That's all I can think of, but I, I could be wrong. If well, Jay would ever return my phone calls, then I might be able to find out and uh, have the definitive answer. I'm sure he'd remember. 
We're going to track him down. We'll track him down after this. You and me together, tag team. We're going to do it. I'll I'll do the legwork. You just commentate on it and, and tell everybody oh, what I I'm know doing. where he is. I've written him you know, <laughs> numerous emails, and he just doesn't respond. He is busy. He's working. So Yes. Like, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, you mentioned auditions, so let's let's go back to the <laughs> first auditions. D- did you know what you were auditioning for? You mentioned oh, you were I talking did. about an I alien at one point. Yeah, I did, but it wasn't the announcer. Uh, I'll tell you a story, and this is true. Um, when I went in, I was asked to read um, for Master Chief and an alien, and then mm-hmm. everybody, I guess, was asked to scream like they were being horribly murdered, you know, blown up or something. And that Mm -hmm. was my audition. And a couple of days later, I got a call from my agent saying, congratulations, they want you for Master Chief. And I thought, okay. Because again, remember, nobody knew what this game was. I had done some games prior to this, and I loved doing games, but I didn't know what Halo was. I'm not Mm -hmm. even sure. I'm not even sure we knew the name of the game. I'm almost positive if we knew Halo, we didn't know Combat Evolved. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm told I'm cast as Master Chief. And, you know, time passes. All my friends, Jen Taylor, um, David Scully, Ken Poynton, all the folks who were on that very first game, and in the case of Jen, all the ones since, were going and recording their stuff. And I still hadn't got the call. And I was starting to get a little bit nervous, like, whoa, what's going on? So I called my agent and I said, is there a problem or something? She said, I'll give him a call and find out. And then she called me back a little while later and said, well, yeah, good news and bad news. The bad news is they've decided to go with somebody else that Marty O'Donnell knows because he doesn't know you. And Mm -hmm. he got cold feet about entrusting such a large character to somebody he'd not worked with. So they turned to, you know, some Chicago person, because that's where Bungie had originated. Some guy named Steve Downs. Some fella. Some fella. Which which in hindsight seems like a pretty good call on his part. But, and I was sort of like, oh. And then, you know, like you do, because I, I, you know, don't get as many gigs as I get. And But she said, no, but they want you for the game. They want you to be the announcer. And I thought, the announcer? I... I didn't even read for that. And I had no idea what it was going to be. But when I went in, or maybe I talked to Jay before I went in, and he said, Jeff, they're going to hear you more than anything else in the game. And I went, really? Uh, You know, which I don't know if that was true or not, but certainly they heard me enough. Mm -hmm. And that was how it all went down. That sounds amazing. I have to wonder and speculate, like they had you doing it you know, alien voices and then death noises. I have to wonder, like, what was that for? You know, like, was it well, for Well, I would imagine that, you know, they want it. Here's the way it works. I believe with the contract, the, uh, and I don't know what it was, what it was under, because it was 20 years ago. And this was before, I think we had a new media contract for, and I think this was an after project. It might've been a, it might've been the, uh, Screen Actors Guild SAG. I don't know. But what they would do is they tend to hire you for four hours. And if they can, they try to hire you for three voices, if they can. Mm -hmm. Because they only pay you the one fee to get you to do three voices. So if you're playing like three small-ish 
characters, they want to get every drop of, you know, work out of you they can for the money they're paying, which seems like it makes a certain amount of sense. And the only reason I didn't end up doing anything but the announcer was simply because I had so much to do on the first game. Mm -hmm. You know, afterwards, we would go in and sometimes wrap it up in like under an hour. Um, Just because by then, I'd done so much of it. Um, and for the first couple of games, it was always kind of made me sort of giggle inwardly. They'd say, do you want to listen to yourself and and hear what you did? And I was thinking, no, I know what I did. <laughs> I don't need to hear myself. But and I, I would always say, sure, we can listen to me. So I'd listen to about 20 seconds and go, okay, I think I'm good. They go, great. <laughs> and then I would basically do what I was going to do anyway um, and start recording. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you, there's a divide there between the, the early games and the latter games as far as how long it took. In the in the early days, let's, let's go first Halo Combat Evolved. How long was that recording session for the announcer? And how did you, you said you earlier that you weren't sure how you truly found the voice, but I, yeah, did you know, know what you were saying? Like, no, did you just. God, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I had no idea. I didn't have a clue. Um, uh, from Well, and it's interesting because my. My situation is obviously different than Steve and Jen's because they're part of the story of the game. So obviously they are told things that they never bothered to tell me most of the time. I remember when we got to, when did the zombies come in? Was that Halo Reach? I think it might have been. I think it's um, Reacher 3, yeah. Yeah, I, well, that was 3. And I think I think what happened was I was reading the lines and going, zombie killing spree. And I went, wait a minute. And I talked to Jen afterwards. I said, so are there zombies in this game? And she went, <laughs> yeah. And because she always has to be very, very careful. You know, Jen is very good about not spoiling anything, even with me. You know, she knows me. She knows I'd go immediately to Facebook and start screaming it all over the page, I suppose. But <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was basically uh, uh, the way things went. So, no, I did not know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I believe we recorded several days uh, and went the whole four hours, which was a little bit rough because even though my voice was a little stronger in those days it was 20 years ago mm-hmm. um, it it's still you know i mean afterwards i i really couldn't talk very well for a while you know mm-hmm. um but no and of course it was all these lists of things you know so be blue team go red team go yellow team go green team go and i would do three takes of each as i went along you know, and it just seemed to be endless. It was uh, uh, back in those days, I would go into the booth and there would be a music stand and there would be a stack of papers about the size of one of those packages of paper you get when you, you know, are buying blank paper for your printer. Gotcha. I mean, huge. Okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, it would seem, and we'd plow through it. I mean, whatever I was doing seemed to work reasonably well because we were able to keep going. At most, they would sometimes say, can you give me another three? 
And they wouldn't mm-hmm. often say what was different, just three more choices. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, sure. Um, I mean, I have to say the whole experience of doing the recording sessions all along was for the most part extremely pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, that, for the most yeah. part? Yeah, for the most part. Um, you know, we, we had a few bumps when when 343 took over. There was a fellow who was in charge of the game at that point. They had me in for four hours, and I thought, well, you know, if, if this is true to form, I won't be here more than like half an hour or 40 minutes or something. And we ended up taking the entire time and got through a page and a half. Because wow. unlike the folks at Bungie, he was kind of micromanaging everything I said, as well as really kind of changing some of the way I had been doing the voice. You know, there was a definite change when the two, when Bungie left and 343 came on. Although now it sort of feels in the last couple of sessions that I've done uh, working with the folks there and they've been great, you know, and they've kind of just let me do the thing. And that was always great. Um, They're very, very reasonable. So the last few sessions being for, for Halo infinite. Yeah. Halo infinite, right. Halo infinite. I mean, you know, they've been responsible for four five and six and it's so odd because Evidently, I guess I'm not in five, and uh, which I didn't know until people talked about it a lot. And it's like, really? Because I'm sure I recorded four or five. But, you know, I, I think what happened, Luke, and I don't know this for a fact. I've never talked to anybody about it. But I think when uh, 343 came in, there was an awful lot of thought given to, well, how are they going to put their stamp on it? You know, mm. it was a, there was a new gang in town and they had a lot of ideas. And a lot of the fans kind of noticed that it was feeling a little bit like a different game. Mm-hmm. And because it was sort of their first time around with four, I think it was, you know, it took a little while to sort of figure out where they were off to, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do know that there was, at least so I've been told, uh, an attempt to replace all of us. Really? Yeah. But in the end, that didn't happen. And obviously, I'm delighted that it didn't. I guess now there are other avatars you can, or other voices that you can use instead of mine when you're playing. Um, I don't know. Um, It's inevitable. You know what I mean? It's like every game ever created has to evolve you know, as much as we want the same experience, whether it's in a game or in a movie or in a book, we want the same thing over and over again. But the people who are working on it, it's like they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, they want it to go someplace. I mean, take a look at Infinite and what's happening with Cortana. It's like, no, they, you know, they, it's great for Jen to be able to sort of explore something a little out of the ordinary for the character. Mm-hmm. Sure. Even with, I know that doing the TV series has been an interesting experience because some of what they're asking that Cortana to be is, is different than she's been doing for the game for 20 years. Um, But knowing Jen, who is just about the nicest 
person you could possibly meet. Um, I suspect she just takes it as the challenge it is and is, you know, trying to do the best she can without losing, you know, what makes that character so special. Jeff, you sound remarkably well-versed in, in kind of the ins and outs of, of Halo and the lore and the way stories are going. Uh, are you keeping up with it, like, pretty regularly? I'm trying to, yes. And again, it's a little bit tricky because I'm not part of the story mm-hmm. so much as I am part of the gameplay. Mm-hmm. So I've actually had to go watch YouTube videos, and I bought a Halo encyclopedia and all that kind of stuff, just so I would have some idea of the world that I am a part of. And I have to say, I'm kind of blown away by how incredibly detailed it is. There are still aspects of it that I don't yet quite understand. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when it comes to, because there are some of the fans, you know, you'll go online and you'll watch people in a forum talking about the game and you just think good grief the level of knowledge would put a joyce scholar to shame (laughs) you know it makes somebody looking at ulysses look like they're reading the hardy boys you know by comparison it's so complex um but it's i can't imagine anybody jeff who might love halo that much and research it don't know who could be like that it's it's, at this juncture it's kind of the preeminent thing i do Mm -hmm. you know i've certainly had a very extensive career i've done tons and tons of other things but the one thing that you know people don't necessarily think of as aging necessarily is your voice you know to Mm -hmm. look at me yeah i look like i'm every day of my 70 years old (laughs) and I'm at a point now where I'm actually too old to play grandfathers. You know, I mean, I was joking about it with a friend of mine. It's like, as far as film is concerned about the only thing I can do would be corpses, you know, in a police (laughs) procedural, you know, I'd be the guy under, under one of the sheets because it's like, otherwise I'm just too damned old. And uh, when it comes to plays, you know, it's like about the only thing I could play would be King Lear, but I don't want to. You know, for one thing, I I wouldn't be able to lift uh, any Cordelia without putting out my back. And it's way more lines than I want to learn. I'm I'm fundamentally an insanely lazy human being. And it's one of the reasons I like voice work, because I get to read it. So, you know, so what you're saying is memorize it. That's, that's a fair it, point. Yeah. Fair point. Now, okay, so that begs the question. If the Halo TV series comes knocking for a quick cameo, uh, would you would you only agree if you were a corpse, or, or would you play a character, uh, a grandfather? No, I, when Maybe I heard a... about the game, I was like, well, hey, wait a minute. I mean, I can only <laughs> poor Steve Downs, who's been Master Chief all these years, and who we've never seen, of course, because mm-hmm. um, he's, I think, about my age, maybe a little older. I don't know. Um but, uh, you know, part of me goes, yeah, that'd be great if they brought us in to, you know, show up as a surprise. It's like, for God's sake, I could do what Whoopi Goldberg did in the Star Trek series. I could be the person who could listen to, you know, the hard day that Master Chief was having and say, oh, Chief, that's unfrickin' believable. And then, you know, 
fly home from Prague where they're filming and you know, you know uh, yes of course Jeff I would lose yeah. it if that's what I would be so happy if you were guining and just listening to Chief's Day handing <laughs> him a drink yeah I, I don't see that happening uh, on top of which I hate to fly so the idea of going all the way to I believe they film in Prague I think that's where they were I at one point uh, when Jen was there filming you know, she couldn't talk about what they were doing, but it was really in the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, they'd go to set and they would do their stuff and then they'd be taken back to their rooms. And when she wasn't being used, which could be, you know, there might be a couple of days off, she couldn't go anywhere. She was bored out of her mind. And of course, mm. you're in Prague, one of the most remarkable cities in Europe, and they couldn't go out and explore it, mostly because it wasn't open. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that kind of stuff, you know. I'm, I'm just, I kind of like to be doing what I'm doing, and I have to say, I'm pretty happy being able to come home to my little rabbit warren uh, of a of an apartment, you know, which has pretty much all the stuff I like, all my books, you know, plenty mm-hmm. of streaming services, all my cooking utensils, all that kind of stuff. So, but yes, if they came calling, you bet, of course. We all would. I have no doubt. I don't expect it. Um, but yes, I would. Oh, maybe we can even get you in as an AI voice somewhere or an announcer voice somewhere over a loudspeaker. Wouldn't that be the best? Like, then they you don't you have me going previously on Halo. You know, I'll never know. Jen oh, Jeff, are you kidding me? Jen oh. makes, Jen's doing it and it makes great sense to, to me. If you say uh, that sounded so cool, oh, I would love that. Now, Jen, of course, Jen Taylor, amazing, 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 and I adore her. I wouldn't take a second work away from her. Uh, And I have to say, I love what she is doing in the series. In fact, it's odd in some ways. The AI seems like the most human thing in that world. It really does. Every once in a while, she'll mutter something out of the side of her mouth, you know, and it just cracks me up. Now, mm-hmm. partly that's, of course, because I've known Jen for so long. And mm-hmm. we've done other things together besides Halo. I've directed her. I'm a director uh, of, uh, in theater. And we've done several shows together. And she's just, you know, as you would imagine, she's an extraordinary actress and a dream to work with. That must be really cool to get to see your friend and uh, you all share this Halo connection. But then to be able to connect outside of it is... Oh, got to be so exciting. Oh, yeah. We generally get out and have coffee like once a month or something. In fact, we're overdue to get together just to catch up and see how things are going and, you know, what's what's happening. She's got other voice work that she's doing, and I occasionally have other voice work as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she does quite a bit of Nintendo stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But, yeah, and then, you know, She's got this great guy she's she's married to, and they've got dogs, and, you know, she's she's a very cool lady. And Steve seems- is no longer in Chicago. He's down in Florida. And uh, a couple of times we've been on calls together, and he always makes a point of, you know, setting up the camera and himself out by the pool just to make <laughs> us, you know, incredibly jealous which always works, at least as far as I'm concerned. It's like, wow, it's sunny there. 
and it's raining in Seattle. That there you go. There you go. That's funny. That's funny. Well, I'm still pitching uh, and and throwing my hat in the ring in support of, of hearing your voice somehow, some way on the TV series. That would be fun. Uh, well, I don't know. It's one of those things. I have to say, uh, I I do think I love. Personally, when I go and see something, I just saw the Doctor Strange movie. And, of course, you know, when I don't think I spoiler alert, you know, don't listen for 10 seconds. When Bruce Campbell shows up, you know, mm-hmm. I, I love it. I just, you know, he's in all Sam Raimi's movies. Mm-hmm. And I just adore it because he's so damned funny, you know? Yeah. Moments but, like that feel good. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love the kind of stuff, you know. Well, let's let's ring it back to your auditioning, your your early Halo work. When you were reading words like Killtrocity, Killpocalypse, uh, Slayer, and all that, obviously you knew you'd be saying th- well, saying things like Capture the Flag, Blue Team Go, that kind of stuff. But I would have to think that uh, Killionaire and the like were atypical to say the least. What were your first reactions when seeing stuff like that? Oh, I thought it was a kick. Um, and it became kind of a thing. I knew I had done well with something. Cause you know, when the engineers are recording and the, and the, you know, the writers are in the other room and they're generally on the other side of a pane of glass, maybe they're off, you know, at a console. I never see them cause I'm reading the words, but you know, when they come on after I've done a series and they're laughing, I know that I have rung the bell um, because I'll say something, I don't know, one of the outrageous lines. And when they start cackling with laughter, it's kind of like, got it. Great. Okay. Cause they love it because it's so outrageous, you know, kill atrocity, kill apocalypse, you know, Kilimanjaro stuff like that. You know, it's, it's, it's so fun. And it was fun to say, and I never had any problem, you know, doing any of that stuff. Hell's janitor, you know, that just <laughs> cracked me up. It just cracked me up. Um, I I'm didn't a- always know what it referred to. I'll be uh-huh. honest, but that didn't stop me. I could pretty much gauge from the series of lines, you know, that we were working on what that was all about. So it was always a hoot. Do you remember the first time you saw gameplay with your voice together? Is that a memory you have? Uh, yeah, I believe so. The reason I ask is it would have to be a unique experience to hear your voice and see people reacting to your voice in game and, uh, you know, you say Kilimanjaro. That's not something I've ever had the pleasure of hearing in game because I'm just not that good, Jeff. Oh. But, <laughs> but you know, when you when you first realize what those words mean or see it in action, uh, I would have to think it'd be a pretty cool feeling. It was, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it. Anytime you do something that people like, you know, that's great. Uh, Mm -hmm. most of the time when I work on games, I don't have that experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't own game consoles. They're fairly expensive and I don't necessarily have hours of time 
to play games, you know? Uh, the days of playing Monopoly, even, board games, you know, that take forever to play. We just don't do that anymore because <laughs> time is rushing on and uh, there's so many other things that I am anxious to do with whatever time I have left. But yeah, um, I mean, for instance, you know, I did a little bit in Grand Theft Auto, but I've never seen anybody play it and come across my um, sequence. Um, I'm just one of the things that's on the radio when you're driving around, you know, and not necessarily killing things. Gotcha. Um, and then I can't remember what I did in Aliens versus Predator 2. I think your was- bio says General Vasily Rykov. That's it. I thought it was a Russian. Um, Sounds right. Again, it's kind of like, you know, I, I that might have also been one where I screamed because I've got a feeling the general probably didn't make it through to the end of the game. <laughs> he probably got killed fairly horribly. So you probably get to hear me sh- scream as well. I don't know. Um, but yeah, with Halo, it's a little bit different. And of course, there's some now, especially with so many people posting you know, themselves playing, I can mm-hmm. just kind of drop in and watch them do it and listen to the response, you know, when they get one of the big medals and, and ex- are excited about that, which is great. I love that it. Sounds, you know, yeah. yeah. Did, did you say you don't have a game console? Does that mean you don't have an Xbox? I don't have an Xbox. That surprises me even to have one for posterity. That's a problem. No, and I'll tell you why. I, another thing that, you know, maybe the folks at Microsoft could rectify. But over when we first started doing the games, you know, it would be time for the game to release. And mm-hmm. I would get a package in the mail and I'd open mm-hmm. it up and it would be the game. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, yeah. And what am I supposed to do with this? And I asked somebody involved with the game. It's like, well, are you going to give me an Xbox? And they were like, no. It's like, (laughs) well, then I guess I'll give this to my son to play with his friends who do have an Xbox. Because back in those days, it's like I couldn't afford a game console just for the privilege and the pleasure of listening to myself. You got to remember, Luke, I've spent my whole life listening to myself it doesn't get me terribly excited. So while it's kind of fun, you know, to see people get excited about it for my own self, it's like I've heard myself on mm-hmm. many, many things. And I've seen myself. I don't like watching myself in film. I'm actually in a, I've got a little tiny blip in the screen roll in a Netflix film that just started uh, running about a month ago. And I still haven't seen it. Mostly because really? I watch you go, oh, man. Oh, dear God. You, I look like Jabba the Hutt in a janitor's u- uniform, you know. It'll be- I was just say, did you play a corpse? Because that's what you were telling me earlier. No, I didn't. I played a, I played a, a janitor in a high okay. school in the film Metal Lords. And Metal for the longest Lords. time, I didn't show up on, it's, it's a film that was written and produced by David, um, D.B. Weiss and David Benioff the two guys who did Game of Thrones. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, and it's D.B. Weiss's. He was around quite a bit and very nice and very approachable, although very busy. 
um because i think he's got a you know multi-picture deal with netflix going like so many people do um but i had the impression that this was very much based on his experience and his love of heavy metal which is what the movie is about it's this dramedy is that drama comedy kind of thing about two friends um, who are trying to get a heavy metal band going and about you know all the things in their lives that complicate it uh, and about a young woman who's a cellist in the school orchestra who ends up joining them and basically you know uh, uh, all ends up well for I think everybody um, it was it was great fun to do <clears throat> um, but yeah, you know, it's like I haven't even seen it because I thought, oh, I can't, I can't watch myself. Every time I do, it's just like, oh, oh my, oh, who wants to see that? You know, that's funny. That's funny. It's, it's. I can understand, but also, yeah, go ahead, go on. You're in the movie. That's cool. That's fun. It you is know? cool, and I mean, I felt that way about everything I've ever done. You know, um. They did cut me a little bit out of the film, and I didn't have much to begin with, but I'm also used to that. Uh, mm. You know, that happens all the time. Sure, sure. Just in the business. Yeah. Uh, I just love being it, in a set. You know, that that always cracked. I just dig that so much. Although this was different because you couldn't just go everywhere. You had to stay in various areas because of the pandemic. Mm. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was intense. Are there any uh, Jeff Steitzer originals or ad libs lines in any of the Halo games? Like I don't think you often, so. I don't none. Think so. Okay, no, I don't believe so. I was not asked to do that, and in point of fact, I'm not very good at improv. I'm much better at taking somebody else's stuff. I like to think and making it sound sometimes like it's ad lib. Mm. I might have, you know, at the end of every session, inevitably, when we're finishing up, the writers and the folks in the room tend to give me a bunch of things to say that are, you know, for their, uh, I think for their answering machines and for their friends and people who aren't there on the day and, you know, just stuff for fun. And Mm -hmm. I may embellish those a little bit. I don't know. But as far as the game is concerned, no, it's a job. And mm. you know, I take the job really seriously because the other thing is, is that, you know, I understand how these folks are so busy. The last thing they want to do is have to be there any longer than they need to be because they've got to take all this stuff and start putting it into the game. Mm-hmm. So Makes for sense. me, it's kind of like, you know, I pride myself on getting in and getting the job done and hopefully sending folks away happy. That's just about the best feeling I can have, actually. That's been successful thus far. Well, you know, yeah, which I do. Yeah. Some of the stuff is just, oh my God, you know, (laughs) hysterical. Can you talk to me a little bit about the, it says you're listed as Halo Wars 2, that you worked in Halo Wars, the strategy game. Do you have any memories of that? Nope. Um, no, they all blur together, quite honestly. Um, because remember, who was talking about this? I think it might have been Jen in an interview. I've been watching her a lot on YouTube. 
just because it's fun to see her. And she talks about, you know, our experiences, we go and we get a call one day from our agent saying they want you in for the game. It's like, okay. So, you know, we set a time. It's all arranged. I go in generally in the morning, um, go into the uh, booth, say hello, chat a little bit, catch up with folks a bit. But again, we're not there to schmooze. We're there to get going. And um, you do a session and then you leave and you might come back for a second session. I, I, you know, don't do more than, and that may be months later. And then it's however many years it is between games, two, three, four years between games. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a lot of specific memories. And in some ways it's probably just as well because people have in the past say, said to me, it's like, can you say anything about what the new lines are in the game? And I always say, nope, because I forgot them the minute I walked out of the booth. (laughs) I don't remember them. I don't, you know, I can't keep, all the lines I've read or learned in my head, there's just not enough room. Got to clear mm-hmm. it out, make room for it. Later, I'll see something. I'll go, oh, yeah, I remember when we did that. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, what are your most requested lines from fans then? Certainly Slayer. Has <laughs> to be Slayer one is certainly one of them. Uh, I, I like to hear kill lines. Um mm-hmm. Uh, quite a bit. Um, and then it's just, it depends on individuals. Um, you know, what, where they have good memories, they'll ask for things. The ones I like to do are unfreaking believable. I like that. And by the way, it was initially unfreaking with K's believable. Not as it kind of became later, although I still try to do it as freaking unfriggin believable with g's yeah isn't that interesting um it is and interesting. Again, it was one of those things i came in when dan was like what's this and i said well it's, it, it's your line unfriggin believable i said well i think if you check you're gonna see that it was unfriggin believable which just has a nice you know crisp sound yeah. to it that i enjoy doing a little bit more than un friggin believable you know yeah oh yeah i much prefer frick yes i i agree anyway but yeah so you know that i i love doing that and then i do love i love doing mm, brains you know that made me laugh when we were doing it Mm -hmm. that was in the zombie one and it was saying like okay we're doing zombies i guess all right great i can get behind that I'm trying to think if there were any other things that surprised me, but I don't, not like that. That was the one that really kind of was like, whoa, wow, oh, okay, cool. Something that surprised me, uh, I don't know much about, and so I'll I'll plead ignorance and and ask you to clarify. Uh, Your voice was not initially used in Halo Infinite and is being added in or was only in parts of it? Tell me. No, I, I, I... I'm not entirely clear what was supposed to have happened. I just know that when Halo was released, a lot of people were saying, you're not in the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And I went, really? I, I mean, I recorded stuff, I thought. I pretty much did the same kind of recording I'd always done. Um, for Infinite, and, you did? For Infinite, yeah. I mean, okay. you know, it was, 
I went in in March of 2020 for the first round of recording. Mm-hmm. And you'll recognize from that date that that was right when the pandemic uh, shut mm-hmm. everything down. So I didn't get back until January of 2021 to do, you know, the usual more lines plus pickups on the lines I'd already done that they wanted done a little bit differently. And although those never take more than like, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And then I did one last round in October, right around like a week before the game dropped. And then somebody said, well, I've heard you in season two. And I went, really? Okay. You know, I, I just don't know, because as I say, you know, very often I don't find out what, like with, with Halo 5, it's like I was always under the impression that I was in it, but, you know, people are always, you know, I'll, I'll read about the games and they'll say, you know, Jeff Steicher is a multiplayer announcer uh, for Halo in all the games except Halo 5. And I'll go, what? I Oh, okay. You know, that's above my pay grade, quite frankly, Luke. I mean, all, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways, it, I, I'd love to, you know, think that I was an integral part of the game. And in some ways I am, but not when it comes to how my stuff is used or to what extent I'm consulted about it. But I don't expect to be, you know, I don't feel hard done by because, you know, I enjoy being able to do it. I'm glad that Mm -hmm. after 20 years, I'm still being asked to do it. I sometimes think, boy, I don't know if I'll be around for Halo 7. You know, at that point, I, I, you know, the voice may be gone. I may be gone. If it's four more years, you know, I'm getting on in years. So, you know, they may decide, well, we need to sort of get ready for the inevitable, you know, um, which would be replacing me with somebody else because I'm sure the game will go on. My, okay, so you put me in a morbid spot, but would you be okay if they reused lines? What? Would you be okay if they reused your lines? Because the idea of not having well, a Jeff Steitzer voice. I'm not going to care. <laughs> you know, I, I can't imagine sitting on that fluffy cloud where I'm sure I'll end up glancing down going, son of a, they used my stuff for <laughs> Halo 12. How dare they? It won't make any difference. Um, yeah, Guess that would so. be fine. You know, it, it's that would be great. I, I'd be... I suppose, uh, uh, delighted to think that they might want to continue using it. But, you know, it's like anything else. Things change. Sure. Sure. And I'm not opposed to that change, but there are a lot of ways I feel like we could hear your voice more uh, in the Halo show or as an AI in in Infinite or something. Um, So, you know, I'm okay with that. If if you're good with it, I'm going to go ahead and campaign to have you in Halo 17. I'd have no problem with it. Um, there you go. As long as, you know, uh, I can get in and out of the recording studio pretty expeditiously. That would be great. Mm. Um, but yeah. Well, Jeff, we're coming to the close of our interview, but I would be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to just pass a message along to the fans that have gotten to hear you for years or those that are maybe just being introduced to you now in this episode. Um uh-huh. Please feel free to to express yourself and just note uh, to anyone kind of where your career stands uh, with them. 
Well, I have been saying on many of the cameo recordings uh, um, that as far as I'm concerned, what has made Halo such an extraordinary success are the fans. And it's those people who, in some instances, began playing it 20-some years ago with the first game and have never stopped. Um, The people who have such an incredible relationship to the game, to the material, to the characters, to the story, they're the reason this game is still going. If people hadn't liked it, if they hadn't been devoted to it, this game would have disappeared a long time ago. That has not been the case. Six games later, plus, you know, other variations on the games and updates and season twos and stuff like that, we're still gone, you know? And that is entirely down to the fans who, as far as I'm concerned, are the real stars of this enterprise. Because I always yeah, find other voices, but, you know, you can't replace those fans if they fall out of love with what you do. And the fans here have not. So, you know, my I salute them. I thank them. Um, it is, as I said early on, it's gratifying and humbling to think that I'm a part of something that has such a place in so many people's hearts and experiences. That's a wonderful, wonderful sentiment, Jeff. I, uh, I, I often reserve the final moments of the show for the guests to plug their social medias or whatnot, but, uh, let people know where they can find you on cameo. Uh, if they're interested in hearing your voice once again, um, yeah, go ahead and plug Cameo, please. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, I'm on Cameo.com. Um, people can find me there. I do birthday greetings and pep talks and things like that. I try very hard to keep what I say. Um, I don't like, uh, I won't do things that are objectionable or gross or obscene or, you know, sexual or things like that. Um, I think it's worth noting, and this is a point I need to go back in and redo my little welcoming video to make the point of, which is, it seems significant to me that the game does not say un-effing believable. It says un believable. It doesn't use uh, any bad language. It doesn't use, you know, vulgarities and stuff. It's a little bit violent, to be sure. But, you know, I, I keep that in mind when I do those recordings. That's one thing. And then as far as other things are concerned, it's like anybody who wants to reach out to me, I'm... On Facebook, um, pretty pretty accessible there for the moment. I may not always be on Facebook, but right now I am. Um, I am not on Twitter at the moment. I am on Instagram, but mostly so I can see my son's cartoons that he draws that make me laugh and to see my daughter's pictures of uh, her and her husband and her dog, who I adore. Um, so I'm around, you know. You can find me without too much trouble. Jeff Steitzer, a legendary voice in the Halo community. I thank you so much for your time today. This was a joy. My pleasure, Luke. I'm delighted to be here and have a chance to talk with you. And through this to hopefully a lot of other folks as well. (laughs) 